Hi, everybody. My name is Jordan Ostroff from Legalese Marketing, and this is Exhibit A Attorneys, where we interview attorneys and other experts across, in this case, the world, to share with us what it takes to truly be the Exhibit A of a successful attorney. Today, joining me all the way from Ireland, right? Right. Is Walt Hampton. Um, Walt is a general, just a genuinely awesome guy, but uh, specifically the founder and CEO of Summit Success International, a global personal and professional development firm. He's also the president and chief operating officer of Book Yourself Solid Worldwide, an executive business coach, management consultant, and leadership trainer. Founder of the consultant success formula, Walt helps entrepreneurs and business professionals make the impact they want and the income they deserve. Best-selling author of Journeys on the Edge, Living a Life that Matters, a two-time winner of the North American Book Award, also the author of The Power Principles of Time Mastery, Do Less, Make More, Have Fun, and I think everybody listening to this wants to do that. A graduate of Cornell Law School, Walt practices law in the areas of corporate and commercial litigation and criminal defense, and was the managing partner of a law firm for more than 30 years. His passions include high-altitude mountaineering, ultra-distance running, blue-water sailing, and adventure photography. And, oh, here we go. So he and his wife, the author Anna, I'm going to butcher the last name, Shabani. Mm-hmm. No All butchering. Right. That was good. Nailed it. Live in Castletownshend, Ireland. Did I get that one right? You got that one right. I'm on a roll. Um, so obviously, as we talk about experts and lawyers, we have Walt Hampton who nails both of those. What did I miss about your bio, Walt? That he's a legend in his own mind. There we go. I love it. Legend in his own mind. The, there is no more honest answer than that. So in keeping with Walt's experience, we're going to be talking about the secrets to build the work and life you love today. But before we dive deep into that, uh, after watching the show, if you want to hear more from us, I highly suggest our last episode. That was seven ways to empower your employees and build leadership with Molly McGrath. Uh, that was the first episode that we've had that focused on employees, the hiring process, the retention process. And I know that that's something that I struggle with as a firm owner, and I know a lot of our other lawyers do as well. So that would be a great episode to tune into after we are done talking with Walt Hampton, JD, of On the Secrets to Building the Work and Life You Love. Thanks for being here, Walt. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. It's a privilege. And I love that uh, we know nothing bad happens in the next six hours because you live in the future. So That's right. That's right. <laughs> we've got it nailed down. Indeed. So when we're talking about building the work and life that we love, you know, what, what's the first thing to consider? How do we frame this the right way? Well, the answer is in the question, Jordan. Uh, how do we build it? How do we create it? And what happens for many of us from the get-go, and it happened to me, is that we come into this profession by default. And we end up perhaps clerking at a firm, in a department by default. We get down a little rabbit hole, we get an offer from that rabbit hole, and then we wake up 30 years later and wonder how we got here. Uh, and so it's really about being intentional and mindful from the get-go about how you want to create this amazing profession that is the gift that we get to share with the world, how you intentionally create it and build it. So 
I guess the first step though to that is sort of the figuring out what you want to build. Not only what you want to build, but how you want to build it. I mean, I only jokingly say, you, you, you mentioned I'm a high altitude mountaineer and ultra distance runner. I only jokingly say, and half jokingly, that if I knew I had to wear a suit every day and work in a hermetically sealed office, I probably wouldn't have gone to law school. Uh, but you know, law, you can practice law in a lot of different places in a lot of different ways. I just happened, I went to an amazing law school, but I got sucked down the, the traditional um, corporate route and that was not a good fit for me. When I lecture in law schools and I ask the students, I already know what the number is, how many of you um, intentionally decided to go to law school as opposed to just ending up here? It's about 50%. That was the case for me. I, wow. I was the oldest son of an Irish Catholic mother. I was supposed to be a priest until they decided, until I found out I didn't like, I, I, I liked girls and the rector threw me out. And then my dad was a doctor. So I went to medical school until I realized I didn't really like sick people. And door number three was the law. Uh, and my grandfather was a lawyer and my folks preached be a professional. So I went to law school. I didn't have any, I didn't really know why I was going to law school or what I wanted to do or how I wanted to create it. I was just, I started just down that corporate chute. And well, I'm and not, it, a, I'm not atypical. And it's, it's interesting because one, I agree with you on that, but then two, it's not even just the law school thing. I think so many people either get forced into that first job or get forced into taking a higher paying job that's not what they like because of loans because of whatever else that comes up from it so you've got these people that may have not wanted to go to school and then certainly may not have wanted the jobs that they're taking also oh yeah and you know we we, we don't need to go down this rabbit hole but i was the commencement speaker a number of years ago at a um a magnificent arts academy and the prelude was a senior graduating senior violinist he came out on the stage played the ama most amazing prelude my, the tears came down my uh my face and i leaned over to the principal and i said where is he going to uh to music school and she said his parents want him to get a real job he's going into business dun 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 yeah. And, and we do that. I mean, I'm a, I'm a dad. We do that. You know, we do that in, because we think we're in service to our, to our kids. Uh, but, you know, I end up as an executive coach with many of those people in their 50s saying, I've just done, you know, 30, 25 or 30 years of stuff and my heart isn't happy. Yeah. And, uh, it always reminds me of the Monty Python sketch. I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, in Flying Circus where the guy goes in as the accountant and wants to be a lion tamer. I know. <laughs> I know. So we have a uh, we have a question from Carlos who asks, do you think that many are just afraid of change and the unknown? And that is the reason they stay in the job they hate? So fear is always at it, um, at, the, at the heart of it. And it's a great question. Fear manifests itself in many different ways. A lot of times for us as lawyers, one of the fears is related to sunk costs. Uh, you go to law school, you spend a lot of time, a lot of money, maybe you come out with a loan, um, you start getting a lot of experience, perhaps even you get some recognition and expertise. And now you've got a lot of sunk costs in this. And there, it's, it's scary to think about pulling out of that and doing something else. And, and 
be a beginner again because that sucks. Makes perfect sense. So how, how I guess this is this might be the meta question, but then how do we figure out what sort of work in life we want to build to then begin building it? Well, so let's let's go at this question. It's a great question. Let's go at the question in two ways. Uh, way number one would be the lawyer who wakes up one day like I did and say, wow, I'm really not happy. Uh, we often will lose touch with what it was we really once wanted. And we always know what we want. Our heart always knows what we want. Uh, we just lose, we lose connection with it. Uh, and our lives start looking like uh, Bill Murray's Groundhog Day and every day starts looking like the same thing. But if we can get quiet enough, we can usually reconnect with that. And I have a number of exercises. One of my one of my exercises that I'll share with your listeners is what I call my Barnes and Noble exercise, which in uh, ordinary times works really well. It still can work. You go to a Barnes and Noble, you get yourself a cup of coffee on a on a on a Sunday afternoon, and you sit down and you pick out twelve magazines from the racks, just without any thought, or you just. Pick them off the rack. And I always want to know what you picked. And usually in that stack will be what your predominant interest is. Oh, and, that, and, and that gives us a little bit of a guidance then to deepening that. I work with a lawyer right now. He was a construct in construction litigation. Uh, and um, 55, he's 55 years old, brilliant, talented, successful. And um, I had him do this exercise. And now he's building a business helping um, lawyers and other professionals who've lost touch with their wellness get back in the game because he's all about endurance athlete, uh, athletics. And he's, um, he's like a super cycler and marathoner and ultra marathoner. And so he's building this business. And, you know, many of us are not well as lawyers. But this was something he reconnected with because all of his magazines were, you know, uh, biking, cycling and running. And I was like, wow, I really like this stuff. And anytime you have something that you like that contains the seeds of a problem that you can solve for somebody else, that's a business. That's a consultancy. So, oh, man, I love that. I mean, and obviously, like you said, that is slightly impacted by everything going on. But it is that like that gut reaction feeling of what draws you in really becomes a lot of the passion. Yes. And there's a wonderful journaling prompt, Jordan, that I have uh, clients do. It's, what do I want? And just like, just digging deep, like with a spiral scare, but, but what do I, what do I want even more than that? What do I want? Cause it's so easy to get bought, to buy into what other people want what the expectations are of being a lawyer, of how we're supposed to be a lawyer, you know, what the rules are around there. I came out with all sorts of rules. I was supposed to go to a, you know, um, a white person's country club, and I was supposed to uh, drive a late model Mercedes, and I was supposed to play golf. And please forgive me, any of your listeners, but golf is like watching paint dry on the side of a house on a cold winter day. I'm a mountain climber. When I finally reconnected with the things that drive me, I started attracting really cool clients who were like me, and I started having fun again. 
I love golf, but I but I understand don't, your, don't judge your me. point. Don't no, judge me. <laughs> no, I got I, I I got you. I mean, and that's and that's the thing that I always tell people. You know, like if you put if you put ten people in a room and you force them to order ice cream, it's going to be chocolate and vanilla. But if yeah. you give one person the option of every flavor, they're going to pick that crazy chocolate covered churro praline or whatever. And oh, so the more that you hit your niches, the more that you hit your specific hit hobbies and interests, the more you appeal to the right people. All right. And in that is marketing gold, because if you lined up the first dozen lawyers that you thought about, they'd all be wearing the same suits with the same ties, with the same skirts, with the same tops, with the same shoes, driving the same cars. We all look alike. We don't stand out. All of our websites look alike. We don't stand. But if you can connect with that juice inside you, that's your unique brand identity. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the that's the thing that we talk to so many of our clients all the time about from the marketing perspective is don't be vanilla. You know, find those find, find those things. The fudge the find the fudge ripple. So, all right. So we we've gone to Barnes and Noble. We pulled out our magazines. We figure out what we want. So, how do we start? You know, what's the first secret to actually building that work and life that we love? All right. So you're asking me the question: What if I don't want to stay in this traditional practice of law? Sometimes it's just finding a better way or a different way of practicing law. It could be a different discipline. It could be a different place. It could be um, a different type of firm or different type of organization or a different uh, company. So there, I mean, one of the things that we're sold a bit bill of goods on when we go to our law school is the JD is an amazingly versatile degree that allows us to do the work, the amazing work we get to do in so many different ways. The problem, as I suggested, is so often we get channeled down rabbit holes and can't pull out. So even, you know, sometimes I, I worked with a Wall Street lawyer. This is a great story. Worked with a Wall Street lawyer. He'd been an IP lawyer um, for, for decades, and he was miserable. Um, when I sent him to Barnes & Noble, this was so funny. He loved fashion. He discovered he loved fashion, like loved fashion. Um, and he went to work with a globally known fashion organization uh, in London. Um, and I, I always screw it, it's a Netta Porter or Netta Porter. And uh, he became an assistant general counsel there and began to do work. And he was like happy as a pig and you know what? So it's possible to reconnect with the juice and then redirect what you like to do. Now, if you wake up and say, I want to do something else, like entirely, I don't want the traditional practice of law, and that was me, then you need to say, well, you know, where can I reper? We come out, we don't come out being like evidence experts, or we, we come out with a set of tools that are very unique to us. The way we approach the world, the way we problem solve, the way we listen, the way we advocate, the tool belt that we have can be used in so many different ways that are non-traditional. As a business coach, I can look at somebody and say, I'm like a fortune teller, a soothsayer. I have litigated everything that could possibly ever go wrong with your business. And that's a unique selling point for me as a business coach. So the tools we have can be used in many different ways and ways in which make us happy. I mean, really, a, a JD is supposed to explain that you can critically think. 
And so no matter what you apply that to, critical thinking skills are going to be required in every business in some manner. Yes. And Jordan, what's really hard for most of us is we have been in this discipline for so long that we take for granted what we have. We have magical skills as lawyers. We take them for granted. We breathe them as oxygen. And so we think they're no big deal, but they really are valuable in so many different places. Yeah. I have a lot of friends from law school that ended up like in HR or something along those lines and just, and love it. Yeah. You know, they, they get to, they get to explain how not stupid, but how naive people are with like the things that they will say or write about each other. And you're like, you can't do that. Like you can't, you can't do that. You, know, you get all the, there's like 15 reasons that you can't fire somebody. Like, why are you writing down all of them in, in this thing? But you know, it happens. Yes. So, so just kind of coming back to the place where you entered the questioning, it really, it's about being intentional rather than living by default, living by design rather than living by default. And I want to suggest to your listeners that it's never, ever too late. Um, you know, even I, I faced this, I had kids, I had, uh, uh, a minivan, I had a mortgage, I had, you know, obligations and responsibilities. Even with that, you can begin to refashion something that makes you happy. Yeah, well, and, and there's a million of those success stories, right? Like Colonel Sanders was in his 50s when he opened the first, yes. or maybe even 60s. I, just, I think know, he it's... was 60s, and Dyson, and uh, Julia Childs, and I mean, the, the, like tons of stories of people reinventing themselves. But they they finally truly found their passion. Yes, I mean that was that was the difference. And and not to preframe the the magical question that you'll give to me at the end, we don't have the luxury of time. I was standing outside the, a, a judge's uh, chambers office one day, and my friend Peter said, uh, uh, "You know what the average age of a trial lawyer is, Walt?" I said, "No." And he said, well, "Average longevity of a, a lifespan of a trial lawyer?" I said, "No." He said, "58 years." I said, Peter, how old are you? He said, 59. I said, I think you should do something else. Wow. I mean, so so tomorrow is promised to no one. I, you know, it's just, I mean, if this last 14 months have taught us anything, life changes in an instant, as Joan Didion in her beautiful memoir says, life changes in an instant, in an ordinary instant. We don't have the luxury of the time of just saying, yeah, I'm going to get to that sometime, because sometime doesn't happen. Yeah, somebody um, somebody wrote something that was. I'm gonna paraphrase it as best as I can. It was like, uh, "Time is fleeting, so waste it properly." And I just thought that was such a, a I love that comment. I love that. I love that. And we do have we do have amazing professions. I mean, we get to use these tools in a way that impact lives and ch literally changes changes the world. So why don't we use these amazing tools in a way that lights us up? I love it. So what's the, is it a question of getting somebody over the hump of the financial issue? Or is it a question of getting somebody that the tools to do a little kind of side hustle and then build that into more of their interest and passion? Like how do we, how do we address that situation? So um, I think it's a girder quote, jump and the net will appear, which is utter BS because people who jump without nets usually end up dead on the sidewalk. 
So that's a that's a catchy little internet thing that it's supposed to be inspirational. Jump in the universe, we'll have your back. That's just not true. So I think it's good to move into this with wisdom. I mean, we're 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 trained uh, as lawyers to do the risk analysis. Um, I like to think about wisdom and design rather than uh, than looking at the what could go wrong, but we actually have the ability to create our own side hustles with the law. So for me, early on with the help of my coach, I looked at an area of my practice that I could do kind of mindlessly without sucking my soul that opened up time to write my books, that opened up time to begin my coaching work. And for a long time, I just kind of straddled the two things, probably for three, four, five years. I have people who, you know, have the financial wherewithal or their kids are done where they do jump um, and they're all in and that's okay. But there's no there's no one flavor for this. It's really regardless of where you are on the path, you actually can make it happen and you can make it happen without risking the 401k. You can make it happen without ending up on the sidewalk. Yeah, and I figure, I mean, most of our listeners and watchers are going to be, you know, small law firm owners, medium-sized law firm owners. So in the situation where they like the law and it's just, you know, changing practice area, I mean, it sounds like this could be as simple as them just taking on one pro bono case or volunteering at legal aid or, or co-counseling a case with another attorney to try out that other practice area that they think is their calling. So about a dozen years into my practice, um, the only other thing that looks like uh, paint drying on a uh, side of a house on a cold winter day like golf is civil litigation. And that's what I had done for a dozen years. Um, it was I mean, I was good at it. I was successful at it. But it was just it just I'm I'm kind of high octane. I don't know if whether, you know, I'm kind of trying to keep that down a little bit. But um it wasn't working for my for my personality. And I thought, well, what else would? And criminal defense had already always interested me. So for the price of many lunches and dinners, I approached um, a number of big practitioners in the Hartford, Connecticut area who were so gracious in mentoring me um, in criminal offense. And then I began to take on some special public defender contracts. And I did this while I was doing the civil litigation. And I thought, I really like this. And in the middle of those, you know, 25 or 30 years of practice, I completely pivoted my work into criminal defense. And it just the pace of it and the and the diversity of it just it rejuiced me for a long time. Makes perfect sense. And I just, you know, that is oftentimes that's the best currency we have, right? Those lunches and dinners. Lunches and dinners and relationships, like in marketing and just about everything else. But you know there still is a lot of collegiality in and among the bar. And if you approach it from a place of, you know, you're just not looking to get something, but, you know, from a place of genuine, I want, I'd love some mentorship. I'd love, I'd love if you might share some wisdom with me. I mean, it's what you do so beautifully through this podcast is sharing wisdom with other people. Most of us in this profession are people who care and want to serve and, and they're open to that. I know I'm, I'm always blown away when you people that I've looked up to or followed are like, heck yeah, I'll be a guest. I want to come on. And I'm like, awesome. I don't yeah. even share my own wisdom. I have your wisdom to share. <laughs> so what are, I want to look at this in both directions. So like, what are the, the couple biggest tips or the couple biggest pitfalls you see people making as they're beginning this journey towards building that work and life that they truly love? 
Well, the first pitfall is not to face into the dis-ease. If you're feeling uneasy, if there, if you're waking up most days not happy, that's a message. If your wellness has gone off the rails, if you're not paying attention to your self-care, that's a message. And so it's really important to slow down and ask yourself what's going on here. I think a simple journaling practice, a daily journaling practice of sitting down and, and you know getting this stuff out of your front, a sh really sharp, smart frontal cortex onto a piece of paper allows you to begin to understand what that disease, what that dissatisfaction is. And then from there, you can begin to say, well, what is it that I want? What do I want? What do I want even more than that? And to, and to begin to reconnect it. And then I don't think, you know, I've had a coach in my life um, who was a lawyer. Uh, I've had a coach in my life for 14 years. I think it's really hard. And peak performers, you know, in the arts and the entertainment and sports know this. Business professionals know this. Lawyers, lawyers don't know this very well. I think it's really hard to do it alone because we can all get ourselves, get into the weeds uh, of our own stuff. And so reaching out to someone for support as a sounding board, to, as a guide, I think is valuable. So, it, and it, when you say not doing it alone, I mean, it doesn't even have to be that like both of the, they don't even have to be both attorneys or they certainly don't have to be both making the same change, but just sort of that accountability buddy in terms of making a life change. Having, having somebody, because time goes by whether you do something or not. I work with a really successful lawyer. Um, uh, he came to me the other day and said, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. And two weeks had gone by. And I said, it's okay. I said, you know, one of the beautiful things about coaching is that there's accountability. You've marked two weeks where you didn't do anything. And that's okay because if he didn't have that accountability piece, you could go six months and not do what you've intended to do. So, no, you know, absolutely. some type of accountability is really valuable. No, I always love that concept where it's like, all right, I didn't do what I was supposed to do Monday and Tuesday. So like, let me wait until next month. I'll get back on track. And you're like, no, like start tomorrow or start next week or. And, and little steps, Jordan, you know, I'm an ultra distance runner. I run 50 miles and hundred miles at a time and across the grand Canyon and back in a day. I don't, I don't really know how to, how to do that. I mean, it seems incomprehensible even for me to say it. I do know how to run a step. I do know how to take one step on a big mountain and that's you know, all we need to do is take a step. It is never the size of the step. It's the consistency of the action over time. That's all we, if you stay in some tiny little consistent action toward that thing you want, you will do it. Yeah, no, that is, that is so true. You know, it's not about running the marathon. It's about the next step. Yes. There's always, it's always that. All right. So as we get towards the end, um, anything else that you want to make sure we cover about this topic? Well, what I, what I really want to drive home here is the critical import of becoming very intentional. That it's not about this, you know, the difference between dreams and goals or that goals are dreams with a deadline. You know, the, the goals are things that have a plan to them. And your life plan is really, really important. Getting clear on what you want for your life. It's in service to you. It's in service to the people you love. Sometimes people will say, well, it's selfish. Well, think about modeling misery for 30 years to your kids. 
I mean, that's that's not in service to the people you love. Well, Think about lit. And same thing for clients. I mean, imagine having a passion in their case that forces you to put in that extra hour to make that extra argument, do that extra research, you know, as opposed to you just mailing it in because you're miserable at work. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's really, it's about slowing down, which is hard for us, but it's really about slowing down and becoming much more intentional about our life. Yeah. And I think that's been the potential benefit out of the last 14 months for a lot of people. You know, obviously there's a million terrible things that have happened. We've got, you know, hundreds of thousands of people dead in, in the United States. Um, but, and, but you've had a lot of people that finally have had that moment to breathe, that moment to slow down, that moment to actually reflect on if they're on the right path or not. And you can always change what you're working towards. You know, if you wake up tomorrow and you want to be a criminal defense attorney, you wake up you a week can, later and you want to do estate planning. I mean, you can always make that change and just take those small steps. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Awesome. So um, as we start to wrap up here, our next episode will be today at 1.30 with or 1.30 Eastern time, I should say, with Allison Williams, crushing chaos in law firms, make more money and expand your time. Uh, I would hope that most of our listeners and watchers already know Allison Williams. If not, you'll have the pleasure of meeting her this afternoon. And then next week, uh, Elizabeth Pickle, the most famous lawyer I know via TikTok, was going to talk to us about finding your voice in a profession that wants you to follow a checklist. And if you're not following Elizabeth Pickle on TikTok, and uh, she also posts a lot of them on Facebook, highly suggest going over there. She has a really awesome job talking about trademarks and estate planning and whatnot in a very so engaging awesome. and, and uh, manner. So those will be the next two episodes. But Walt, I cannot let you go without getting a little bit more diamond nuggets of wisdom from me here. So if somebody's been listening for the last, I don't know, 35 minutes or so, and they take nothing else away from this except what you're about to say now, what is your biggest piece of advice? It could be something we covered or not on how to be the exhibit A of a successful attorney. At the end of our lives, none of us is going to wish that we had spent more time in the office, build more clients, closed more deals, networked more, marketed more, tweeted more, updated our LinkedIn profile more frequently. What will matter will be the lives that we have touched, the experiences that we have had, the love that we have shared. What will matter is that we have attended not so much to the urgent, which is what we get all caught up in, but the important. What will matter is that we have lived without regret. Regret is a horrible thing to live with. And so to come back to that core principle that you led with, it's about creating the work and the life you love. And I'm sure there, there will be some times where that closed case, where that social media engagement, where that personal branding, whatever it was, got you more freedom and flexibility to have time with your family, to take that vacation, whatever. But it's that mindset of prioritization that you really need to focus on, I think. Amen. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we have, let's see, we have your LinkedIn page up here. We've got the Success Summit LLC Facebook page. We've got your Instagram. We've got the summitsuccess.com. Any other links you want to make sure we have so people can stay in touch with you? Well, there's a, there's a very special one that I made up. It's walthampton.com. 
All right, walthampton.com. So, Breezy, please make sure we get that into the comments. All right, anything else, Walt? No, I am so grateful for the opportunity to spend some time with you. I so honor you for the work that you're doing out in the world for our profession. Thank you. Same to you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks so much. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode of Exhibit A Attorneys. If you're interested in becoming the Exhibit A of a successful attorney, please check us out at LegalEaseMarketing.com, E-A-S-E.